So, folks, I'm still trying to absorb this, take it all in and figure out what it means. Um, I am not thrilled tonight. Uh, I've never been a big fan of Kevin McCarthy. A lot about him that, quite frankly, doesn't appeal to me. Uh, he's not really MAGA, career politician, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he did become the speaker, and I thought he was doing a relatively good job, to be honest. Um, but right now, at this moment, we have a situation in America where we have no border, right? Uh, we have a culture where it's more permissible to talk about LGBT queer in the classroom rather than Christ. An unending war in Ukraine, a war we lost in Afghanistan, and all of these things you can lay right at the foot of Democrats, especially Joe Biden. And tonight, they are laughing at Republicans. They somehow, through all of this stuff, have the upper hand. And let's not forget, Joe Biden, <laughs> almost definitely a corrupt politician. And somehow, the Republicans are leaderless right now. That kind of doesn't make sense. I am all for, from time to time, shaking up the system. Totally. The system stinks. But at some point, you got to get stuff done. At some point, you got to look around. Eight members of Congress, just eight Republicans, and some of them I like, some of them I don't like, were able to basically overrule, what, 200, 200 plus Republicans? I don't know about this, folks. I don't know. Now, granted, Matt Gates, when he gets to that microphone, can be very persuasive. He's, he's good at debate. He's smart. I like the way he confronts uh, the swamp. And he did it again today. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common, Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. This isn't a critique of the individual, it's a critique of the job. The job hasn't been done. We've had multi multiple contradictory promises. These last few days, we've suspended the momentum that we had established the week earlier where we were bringing bills to the floor, voting on them, staying late at night, working hard. That's what the American people expect. It's something Speaker McCarthy hasn't delivered, and that's why I've moved to vacate the chair. All right. Strong, powerful, persuasive. But so is the other side, the side that wanted McCarthy to keep his job. And I am beyond... Uh, proud of the, to represent my community before this Congress to stand with a leader who has consistently demonstrated an unwavering commitment to our country and to the principles that define us as Americans, Kevin McCarthy. Let's keep Kevin McCarthy our speaker. A great man, a great leader, a great speaker. Thank you, and I yield back. Under Speaker McCarthy's leadership, our House Republican majority has actually defied all odds and overperformed expectations again and again. And again, so many Americans are better off because of Kevin McCarthy's leadership. I'm very proud of this speaker. I'm very proud to stand behind him. Tomorrow morning, whether I win or lose, I'm going to be pretty proud of the people I fought with, and I'm going to be extraordinarily proud of the person I fought for, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And 
And there were others. Jim Jordan, who I really respect, he's, he's, he was from McCarthy. The overwhelming majority were from McCarthy, but the way the rules were set up, the basically the standards they imposed on Kevin McCarthy to get the job, one person could start this process. Anyway, he spoke just a little while ago, and uh, yeah, he's leaving the speakership. Maybe Congress, but he didn't go that far tonight. I will not run for speaker again. I'll have the conference pick somebody else. I hope you realize that every day I did the job, regardless whether you underestimated me or not, I wanted to do it with a smile. He spoke for about 45 minutes. Very interesting. We'll go into a bit more detail later. He, uh, he got a lot off of his chest. I'd like to bring in Congressman Dan Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania. He voted to keep Kevin McCarthy on the job. Um, Congressman, uh, what's it like there right now? How, how messy, how chaotic is it? Well, you just expressed it well, Greg. It is, it is messy. It is chaotic. And it was caused because eight so-called Republican conservatives decided to side with 214 uh, Democrats to throw our conservative speaker out. Uh, and if you listen to many of their statements, it's nothing but platitudes and personal feelings and this and that from something that happened a few years back and how spending has been out of control for the last several years. I mean, we, we know that. That's why we offered up a bill to, to the House floor that included border security, God help us, actual border security um, legislation that would have passed and been enforceable, as well as 8% of discretionary spending outside of defense, veterans pay, and homeland. And they voted that down. Does that sound conservative? Because it's not. Because the bigger picture here was they were not willing to shut down the government, or excuse me, they were not willing to shut the border and wanted to shut the government. And they were being joined, of course, with many Democrats on that one as well. And here you have Matt Gates fighting for the people, not only siding with the Democrats and then blaming McCarthy for trying to do the same with, with the, with the six-week extension, but also voting against border security and reductions. Yeah. This was a sham. Uh, this was vindictive. And it was destructive, not constructive. So uh, Speaker McCarthy alluded to Matt Gates, talked about him quite a bit, and said something that I thought mm, spells not such good news for Matt Gates potentially. Take a look at this. I mean, if you were conservative and you only had one entity making the battle and you vote against securing the border, you vote against cutting fund, this wasteful spending, and then you partner with all the Democrats. Now, you'll phrase it all the other different ways. That's not a conservative. Every, look, you all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. And then he actually alluded to uh, potential ethics problems that Matt Gates has. And there's an ethics uh, committee investigation, I believe. And Matt Gates wanted that stopped and yeah. Speaker McCarthy would not stop it. Is that really the story behind the story? <laughs> that is the story? Well, 
Well, I don't know, but it sounds pretty scandalous, the whole situation, but they need to get to the, they need to get to the truth. Listen, we are we're in a strong position. We won the majority uh, last year. We've had nine, nine and a half months now under Speaker McCarthy. We've made strides, not great strides, because we don't have the White House as, as well, nor do we have the Senate. But we, we, we've made strides. We have an impeachment inquiry. We have uh, an, an economy, Bidenomics, that they're gloating over, that we have the answers to. We have the, going to have an opportunity to prove to the American people that pro-growth, competitive tax rates, minimal regulations, minimal government is what makes our economy strong. Uh, and, and that will help us win, win the White House. But what do we do instead? What do we do instead? Completely gave away our position. Uh, created a, a mess that didn't need to be uh, for, for what? They, they don't even have a plan. And the Democrats are sitting back, popping champagne tonight, saying, can you believe we got this incredible Christmas gift in October? Because that's, that's pretty much what was done here. A few people settled the score. A number of people got on, on the media outlets a lot. Uh, and, the, and the Democrats are happier than can be. Congratulations. That's what was accomplished here today. Wow. All right. Well, to be continued, I'm glad you're there, Congressman Dan Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania. Hey, very quickly, in your, your prediction, the fight will continue, I can assure you. How fast can you guys ahead, clean this? How fast can you guys clean this up going forward, picking a new speaker and all that stuff? What's the time frame, if you don't mind, real quick? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and in spite of my, the frustrations I have and my, my statements, we're going to get on course. Uh, we're going to. What's done is done. Uh, we have a job to do. We, we, need to, we need to make America stronger. And we're going to do our part next week uh, for, for various reasons. As It's going to be put off till next week. Everybody's got to get their ducks in order. We, we got to see who's going to run. But come Wednesday, we should be starting a vote by our speaker pro temp, uh, Patrick McHenry, which is a great choice. Uh, to, to guide us through yeah. until we, we can resolve this in the next week, and then hopefully we can get back to business. Thank you very much, Congressman Dan Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here to be continued. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, Speaker McCarthy, a career politician to be sure. He actually alluded to this. He's been hanging around politics uh, since the age of 22. I didn't know this about him, though. He, he tries to get an internship with his congressman and was turned down. Uh, won his first election 23 years ago and uh, elected to the House of Representatives in 2006. Basically, his whole life in and out of uh, politics. But his formative years were spent as a small businessman. And he said that had a real significant impact on him. Uh, Congressman Matt Gates, also a career politician. He's been in politics since um, his 20s. And his father, actually, um, a career politician as well, uh, quite a powerful force in the Florida State House. What does that mean? I'm not really sure, but I don't like what the congressman said. The con what the congressman said, Congressman Muser, it's true. Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats, they're in the catbird seat tonight. This works in their favor. This may have an impact ultimately on Joe Biden's prospects. Did, it, did they just improve? Probably not. I can't see that. Who remembers? It was back in January, right? When you know, had all those votes for Kevin McCarthy and the fake news. They were laughing back then. And, you know, the world didn't end. And we got a speaker, at least for 
a little while. Uh, the speakership is a big, big deal. Just take a look. I mean, number one, they control much of the agenda in the House of Representatives, and you get that big seat right behind the president and next to the vice president at the State of the Union. That's not a small thing. Uh, this is a huge job in Washington, D.C., and after you hold it, you can make many, many millions of dollars. Ask Paul Ryan, especially Paul Ryan. He's on the board now at uh, News Corp, a million other boards raking it in. And somehow the speakership is a title you take with you when you leave the speakership. If you go to Ryan's uh, Twitter account right now, what does it say? <laughs> office of the 54th Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. He has the office of the, yes, he takes the office essentially with him. And you can sell it. And that's what so many of these guys do. Kilmeny Ducart, our congressional correspondent, is standing by. Hi, Kilmeny. Wow. Uh, I just didn't think this was going to happen. It seemed like any other yeah. day, a Tuesday, you know, some drama, but not this kind of drama. Uh, what's your personal reaction to this? Did you see it coming? Uh, exactly, Greg. You know what? It's very interesting. We've certainly been hearing threats for the longest time about initiating the motion to vacate. And I think that a lot of us uh, reporters on Capitol Hill thought that if it ever came to fruition, there would still be enough support for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I'm not even sure when he came to the Capitol, Greg, this morning, that he knew that this was going to the outcome to be the outcome. He told reporters, actually, that at the end of tonight, he was still going to be the speaker. And what we heard um, just a couple short hours ago was a much different tone that we have heard from uh, Kevin McCarthy addressing reporters and actually speaking very candidly about what's been happening over the last few months, his frustration, uh, not just with the eight Republicans that voted to uh, initiate that motion to vacate, but also Democrats. He said that it was a political decision that they made in, in siding with those eight members because what has happened is business in the House has been paralyzed. He said the institution fell today. He said you can't do a job if eight people partner with the other side. How can you govern? And that's really been what this is. A lot of this has boiled down to. Um, but he talked about how he tried to put the country first by not shutting the government down and making this decision. And at the, the end of the day, at this critical moment, Democrats didn't have his, his back on the fact that he uh, essentially pushed for yeah. that continuing resolution to fund the government for another uh -huh. 45 days. But, Greg, a lot of frustration here on Capitol Hill from lawmakers. Next week, we know that the Speaker Pro Tempore, Patrick McHenry, he's going to have, uh, again, a meeting. A hey, Kilmeny, let me jump in for a moment. To let me, let me another candidate yeah, and maybe a I'm, vote on Wednesday. Kilmeny, i got to ask you. i got to jump in here. What is the mood around about Matt Gates right now? What are the, I feel like he's in significant um, peril. Uh, possibly expulsion. I mean, I feel like the knives are out to get Matt yeah. Gates. I could be wrong. You're in the middle of it. Please answer that question if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, Greg, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of reports on Capitol Hill that there are members that are considering a motion to expel Congressman Matt Gates. But when I ask lawmakers directly about this, they say that they're singularly focused 
on moving forward with electing a speaker so that they continue those work on those appropriations bills, which they wanted to do. And that's what we heard from a lot of members, especially before this vote, uh -huh. uh, that they said that they were going to give McCarthy one more chance when it came to those appropriation bills and pushing through big ticket items like border security uh, before they initiated the motion to vacate. That didn't happen today. Kilmeny Ducart, we appreciate it very, very much. Um, we'll let you get back to work. Uh, but I guess the night is over. Actually, it's over. They're not going to actually figure it out until next week. Remember, they were pulling basically all-nighters uh, when they picked Kevin McCarthy. All right. Stay with us. Much more to come. What do you think of all of this? I'm pretty shocked. I still am in a state of shock. I really am. I hope we pull out of this. I know we will, but this is a, this is a speed bump that I... I don't know. I don't think we needed it right now. Then again, Matt Gates is a brilliant guy. Stay with us, all right? We're going to talk to Ken Buck. He actually voted for the ouster of um, Mr. McCarthy. We'll be right back. We are not at the end of this process, okay? At, at most, we're approaching halftime. Uh, we've got to be able to assemble a governing coalition. We have to build from a place of trust. The reason Kevin McCarthy went down today is because nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. All right. Uh, he's surrounded by about 500 reporters there on the steps of the Capitol. This is before he announced that he was, uh, that he was out, that he was not going to run again. Do me a favor. Let's take a look at the eight members who made this happen. He said nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. That, quite frankly, is obviously an overstatement. I mean, uh, of all the Republicans, these are the only eight who voted basically for Kevin McCarthy's termination. One of them, top row, uh, second from the left, is Congressman Ken Buck, Republican of Colorado, back with us here on Newsmax. Welcome, sir. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Greg. Congressman, why did you vote against Kevin McCarthy? Why did you do it? Yeah, it's very simple, uh, Greg. When we had the votes uh, at the beginning uh, in January, beginning in this Congress, I voted for McCarthy. Uh, he, he ran uh, on 15 <laughs> votes. I voted for him. Um, he uh, made certain promises. And, and the most important promise to me as a spending hawk is that we don't have to deal with uh, omnibus right before Christmas where Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden throw a bunch of ornaments on a Christmas tree and we are stuck with a lot of spending. We wanted to do 12 appropriations bills. We knew September 30th was coming up, so we, start, we should have started those appropriations bills in May or June, July. Um, we should have had them done by the time we left for August recess so that when we came back, the, the House and the Senate could negotiate they could come up with a, a good deal, send it to the president, and we would fund the government the right way by September 30th. That didn't happen. Uh, when it came to the debt ceiling deal, we were up against a deadline. We had a really bad deal that was jammed down our throats. Again, when we, had, when we came up to the, um, uh, the shutdown, uh, we had a really bad deal jammed down our throats. Ninety Republicans voted against that deal. Ninety Republicans didn't want the deal that Kevin McCarthy uh, cut. All right. So you mentioned the word omnibus, and uh, it's not a word that we use every day out here outside of Capitol Hill. Put it on the screen, an omnibus bill. And just so I understand and everybody understands, an omnibus bill, O-M-N-I-B-U-S, if we have it, uh, doesn't really matter. There we go. <laughs> omnibus bill. That is a great big whole enchilada, you know, 10,000 different programs. You got to vote up or down on this one great big thing. 
to have a government functioning or not. Basically, is that right? That's absolutely right, uh, Greg. What we do, uh, what has been done for 27 years, is that they have ignored the 12 appropriations bills. They have brought them all together. The uh, senators who are in good favor with the leadership in the Senate get to throw their appropriations on the House the same way. It is a bloated uh, appropriation process. We get that bill typically about 12 hours, and you're right, it's 3,200, 3,400 pages, 12 hours before we're supposed to vote on it. So if we vote on it at 9 in the morning, we get that bill at 9 o'clock at night. So nobody would like that. And I heard a lot of people call for we want single-line approval, which makes total sense. It's like a mini uh, line item veto. It makes total sense. Why would Kevin McCarthy be opposed to that? I don't know that he's opposed to it as much as he just didn't want it to. He didn't want to move those bills along. Kevin McCarthy holds all the cards if we do an omnibus. If we do one large bill, Kevin McCarthy negotiates that bill with Chuck Schumer, negotiates that bill with Joe Biden, and he loses the power to negotiate bills if we pass 12 separate bills. Now, I watched Kevin McCarthy. Maybe you saw it as well. His farewell press conference where he tells everybody he's not running again. One thing that did come through, his reverence for the institution, um, maybe a little too much reverence for the institution. This is a this is a means to an end, not an end on, uh, unto itself. And, you know, he had like these nice conversations with Nancy Pelosi. He seemed to be kind of a politician from, from a bygone era and that things have changed. And quite frankly, we don't care about the traditions of the House of Representatives. Was that part of his problem or part of your frustrations? Well, I, as I said, my frustration was centered around spending. But certainly, Kevin McCarthy just that. comes from California. He uh, Sorry, keep going. And, and then keep he, going. he comes I mean, to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Sorry about this, Congressman. It, the floor is yours. Oh, OK. He, he comes from uh, California, comes to Washington, D.C. He is a favorite with the special interest groups in Washington, D.C. They know they can get in an omnibus bill what they want as long as Kevin McCarthy is speaker. Um, he makes sure that he hands out chairmanships and, and subcommittee chairmanships and uh, special favors to a large group of people. Um, and that's the way the system works here. And that's why the incentive structure is messed up. We don't have an incentive structure that incentivizes uh, responsible spending. We have an incentive structure that incentivizes self-interest. And when you fight the self-interest, you're going to get criticized by those who have a lot of skin in the swamp game that is played back here. One more. How comfortable are you with uh, Matt Gates? He uh, alluded to some ethical issues that Matt Gates may or may not have. I don't know, but Matt Gates kind of led the charge here. What do you think his future might be? Well, I, I don't know anything about the ethical issues. I, I know that um, Matt has been a very strong uh, supporter of re responsible spending. I know that Matt has, um, is, is very outspoken. He's flamboyant. Um, uh, the, he, he needs to address whatever issues he has. I, I can tell you this. Uh, he, he planned a, uh, a maneuver, a, a motion to vacate uh, with uh, Speaker McCarthy. Speaker McCarthy, in sort of a cocky way, said, bring it. Um, he brought it. And Speaker McCarthy lost. And so uh, right now, um, Matt Gates looks like he uh, has a little bit better control of the political situation than Speaker McCarthy. 
or I should say Congressman McCarthy at this point. Right. Well, for the time being, for the time being, uh, well, Congressman Ken Buck, we appreciate it, Republican of Colorado, who, uh, yes, was one of the eight who uh, voted to remove Speaker McCarthy, and he laid out his reasons just there. Thank you, Congressman. Kevin McCarthy. What next for him, by the way? Does it really matter? Um, I guess, I don't know. Is he going to stay in Congress? He, uh, he was asked that question today, tonight, I should say. Did not know what he was going to do. But it's pretty wild and pretty sudden. Uh, we'll be right back with more. President Trump is leading in the polls. But only one network is covering President Trump's events live. That's Newsmax. Millions have made the switch to Newsmax because it's the real news they can trust. President Trump says he loves Newsmax. Every night you can start watching with Rob Schmidt at 7 p.m. Eastern. Rob Schmidt is exposing the Biden impeachment truth. All this week, Rob looks at the Biden money trail and the tens of millions that went to his family. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If your cable operator doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand it. And don't forget to download the Newsmax app on your iPhone or Android. It's absolutely free and you can start watching at any time. Get the Newsmax app now. Get Newsmax at home and make the switch. You won't look back. I'm still surprised. McCarthy is gone. He, he looks something like an institution, right? Only nine months. Uh, I didn't see this one coming, and maybe he didn't see it coming either. Uh, wow. Wow. Look, of all the people who made the case, though, against uh, Speaker McCarthy, I thought one of the most effective ones was uh, Congressman Andy Biggs. Let's hit that. But why did we why were we successful in doing that? What happened to motivate us to get there. Well, for one thing, we didn't bother to pass the 12 appropriations bills as required under the Budget Control and Impounds Law of 1974. We didn't do it. And you know how many times that's not been done? 25 years in a row. And you know how many CRs this body has passed in that same period of time? 130. You know what that gets you? A $2 trillion-plus uh, uh, structural deficit like we had in fiscal year 23. You know what that leads you to? A $33 trillion national debt, which is where we sit today. Hmm. Right? I mean, a lot of good points there. Uh, let's bring in political analyst Mark Halperin, an overall brainiac, uh, desperate to hear your thoughts on all this. Uh, number one, are you surprised? And number two, anything else you want to say? Because I am still taking this all in, Mark. Well, Greg, it's a great Warner Wolf would say, let's go to the videotape. In January, when Speaker McCarthy was elected, I predicted he wouldn't last till Thanksgiving. And I predicted that for the exact same reasons it happened. Now, I wavered and I backed off my prediction because he did skillfully navigate some of the challenges he faced. But the basic political physics of trying to appease those in the gate swing of the party, and that's not just those eight members, that's the grassroots who want a certain style of governing. The rest of the House conference and the reality of our Democratic-controlled Senate and Democratic-controlled White House, it would take someone significantly more skillful than this speaker 
to figure out how to make that work, and he ran out of rope. Wow. Um, now, what about the eight who voted against him? They are being vilified by the centrists, by a lot of people actually right now, and trying yeah. to make it sound like they're just, you know, it was a big stunt and all they want is attention. But this is a fairly, um, in a weird way, diverse group. I know it's only eight. Um, do you think that, you know, they're, they're just clamoring for attention or, you know, this is, these are real substantive concerns they have, or was it just a stunt by Matt to uh, get him not talking about ethics or something? Well, it's eight people, and as you suggested, eight stories. And, and the other seven are lucky because Matt Gates is going to get the brunt of the resentment on the part of the rest of the conference. I think there is an argument to be made, and you heard that in the soundbite you just played from the congressman. This group does not like business as usual. There's no doubt that with Matt Gates and others, there's a strong whiff of other motivations as well. But this group wants to break business as usual. And like a lot of the tens of millions of people who voted for Donald Trump, their view, based on history, is the way to break business as usual is to roll some grenades into the center of town with the pins pulled and then see what happens. And that's what this group did. And now they're going to reap the whirlwind because we'll see if the next speaker can be more to their liking. Kevin McCarthy's absolutely right. He was offering them to deal with the Senate a solution that would end up with a more conservative outcome than they otherwise would get. These eight are going to have to deal with the legacy of whoever the next speaker is and what kind of deals they can strike with Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. You know, I did. I don't, you probably saw Kevin McCarthy as he was kind of bidding farewell in a press conference. We'll take a quick look yeah. at that. And I did hear him speak about the institution in a way that suggested very much he's a career politician, you know, conferring with Nancy Pelosi. And in some ways, that's beautiful. But quite frankly, I mean, I found it a little bit annoying you know, at times. I mean, like, all right, pal, that's that's great. But that's quite frankly not in the Constitution. And uh, you took six, six weeks off this summer. Am I, uh, you know, does that sound obnoxious? It probably does. Don't answer that question. But I felt there was a little bit too much reverence for the system. And we don't like the system. Speakers in the Constitution. He sounded today more like John Boehner and Paul Ryan, two previous Republican speakers who jumped before they were pushed under similar circumstances, extolling bipartisanship, cooperation, the system, the institution. I don't think you can get to be Speaker of the House, even in this age of post-Tea Party uh, Trump, without having some reverence for the institution. But your reaction, again, is the same as tens of millions of Americans. They don't want reverence for an institution that they don't think's worked for working people. And that's, uh, that's why Kevin McCarthy talked like that, that today on his way out the door as opposed to daily when he took a much different tact. Paradoxically, part of what sealed his fate was Democrats wouldn't come to his defense because rather than talking like about the institution as he did today, he talked over the weekend about how it was all Democrats' fault. Yeah, he said, uh, did that really antagonize him? And no, I guess it is in the Constitution. But a lot of the stuff, the, uh, the traditions of the House, they get carried away with it. I think Joe Biden talks on and on and on. And then they go out and they sell the office. So, uh, all right, I guess I'm, my, my view on this is kind of solidifying. Who do you think is going to be the next speaker? Uh, you know, I, 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 it's not the name that most people are talking about. Most people are talking about Scalise and Jordan. I think maybe Mr. McHenry of, of North Carolina, who's currently the acting speaker, who's the one who's kind of hosting the star search on Tuesday, uh, I, I think he's got the right relationships. He's reluctant. 
Maybe he's too smart to take it. But if I had to guess, I'd guess him. But like I said, most people are talking about Jordan. Most people are talking about Scalise. Uh, they're, they're probably on paper the favorites. But the thing is, we have to see. Remember, we talked about the eight. The 200 wants somebody who's more like, more like what they had in McCarthy. And I think that's McHenry. McHenry and his bow ties, by the way. What's up with the that? bow tie? He's got the bow tie. I, I just you don't see them very often. Well, we'll have to learn more about him if uh, if he's in the running. Thank you very much, Mark Halpern. As Thank always, smartest you. guy. Good you got to check you, out check out the wide world of news online. It's must read and watch. We'll be right back. Thank you. Information. Truth is freedom is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. The chair declares the house in recess subject to the call of the chair. Wow. The guy with the bow tie really upset that um, no more Speaker McCarthy. I'm still coming to terms with it. You know, I'm starting to see the upside of all of this potentially, potentially Kevin McCarthy, career politician. Then again, Matt Gates too. But Matt Gates, he's more MAGA. He's definitely more MAGA. Got to D.C. right around the same time Trump got to Washington, D.C. in 2017. I'd like to bring in Doug Collins, former congressman, Republican of Georgia, and also Rick Santorum, uh, former Republican senator from Pennsylvania, senior political analyst. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we've already gotten the congressional perspective, uh, the senatorial perspective, former Rick Santorum, what do you make of everything right now? Um, there will be a new speaker, although I don't know about you, Doug. I wouldn't take the job, not not with the way <laughs> things are sitting. Uh, you know, you got five guys who can who I said, this is the French Revolution. They've chopped off one head. They're, they're perfectly willing to chop off another head if they don't uh, if they don't do what they're told. So you have a group of folks, five people and the Democrat who the Democrats have empowered. Um, and I, you know, and they're all for empowering the the, the the farthest right of the Republican Party as much as they complain about it. They run ads and campaigns to support uh, hard right candidates to win primaries. And now they've helped, uh, you know, some of the harder right members of the Republican Party uh, knock out the speaker. So for all the complaining, they do a lot of empowering and they've empowered a group of folks who now, uh, as Matt Gates said, when he left the chamber, uh, he's going to insist that they keep the one-person rule to, to be able to vacate the chair. They want all the other promises that are in there, all things that uh, that they can use to chop off another head of a new speaker. So, yeah. uh, I, again, I, 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 don't, I don't see much upside here, Greg. Now, can I just say this? I don't have any problem with anybody who's hard right. Uh, I, I just don't see. They keep calling us right wing. I mean, well, excuse me, Senator. Excuse me one moment, right. Senator. Uh, I'm the original hard right here. Re so, reasonable hard right. I can understand if you don't want the speaker removed. But hard right. I have not heard one Republican lawmaker say anything unreasonable about the border, anything unreasonable. Quite frankly, it's not hard right. I feel like it's common sense. But uh, well, just, just I want to bring in the congressman, Senator Congressman Collins, if you don't mind, sir. 
Yeah, I think what we've seen today is is really an, an interesting you know point of view that really was on track to happen since January when we were together. I think back in January when this actually happened, uh, when Kevin McCarthy finally became speaker, uh, it was built up over time in many ways. I think just like Mark Halpern and I've talked many times, this was destined to probably get here. It just showed up probably a little later than what I many had thought. Here's the problem that we got to have though. I don't, I am very much conservative, and I think we need to fight for conservative principles. Here's what we got to have though. You've always got to remember there's 218 in the House to pass anything. And the concern that I have of passing the 12 appropriation bills, which I've been, I fought for when I was there, it should have been happening all along. They did, waited until later to start them. And then even when they did back in July, many of the same ones who voted to remove the speaker today voted against the rule or voted against the bill to actually do ag approach back in July when we were actually passing Milcon and VA. Then we came into uh, September, and you then last week couldn't pass again an agriprovis bill or others. There's a certain point in being conservative, and then there's a certain point of getting as much as you can. Then you have to negotiate with the Senate, keep as much as you can, and then pass the bill. That's the concern for the next speaker. The next speaker is going to be on a tight leash to do that. And if you go at it the same way, the same time, every, uh, every way, you're going to get the same results. Here's an interesting thing. This is very concerning for me because I believe we need to be honest with the American people. Since 2010, there has not been a Speaker of the House in the majority of the Republicans that's not been basically run off the speakership. And they've been run off by many, many different reasons. But at the end of the day, it's because we put out things that can't really be done and then we hold them to it while at the same time not voting for it. Yeah, well, Greg. That, sure, go ahead, Senator. That's why I call them the hard right, not the far right. When I call them the hard right, which is... They're just hard-headed. They won't do what Doug says, which is take the best possible deal you can. They stand out here and they grandstand and, and, and make promises to the base that can never happen. And, and by the way, even the promises they're making, oh, you know, 12 appropriation bills and cut spending. we got to cut spending. I'm concerned about the deficit. That's just, I mean, beyond what Doug will tell you, that's just a bunch of hooey. I mean, we're talking How about... How is that... Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, okay, wait a second, me, sir. There are explain. people who genuinely, and I think they're people of integrity, people let have their explain. doubts about... People have their doubts I, about Matt Gates and his motivations, but I see Nancy Mace on this list. I see let, Ken let Buck on this list. These are not let, children. These are not immature people. Okay, no, let, let Rob, me explain let me, why I say that. It's because the big problem in Washington is not appropriation bills. The big problem in Washington and the big problem that gives us a twenty a thirty-three trillion dollar debt is entitlement program. It's Social Security, it's Medicare, it's Medicaid, it's uh it's food, you know, it's it's nutrition programs. Yes. It's all of these programs, which is two-thirds of the budget. What they're talking about and having to pass the 12 appropriation bills and holding spending down is less than a third of the money that Washington spent. Yeah, now, I, I, say, I, 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 I get is, that. I understand that. I understand that, Senator. I'm going to jump in again. That does not mean that uh, my congressman should be approving these massive omnibus, massive omnibus packages. Agreed. I think people with a good heart and good intentions can be like, you know what? This isn't working. The 12 other packaged... I, I think it's reasonable, more reasonable than you're suggesting, but that's okay. Yeah. Look, you've been there, sir. You have been there. Yeah. 
I have not. Can I jump in here, Greg, just for some? Because, Greg, I Very agree quickly. with you. It, it shouldn't have to be done in ominous fashion. But you've also – there's an immutable fact here. It's 218, 60-1. You've got to have the 218 and the 60-1 and one to get something done. And so all, all I think all, all, all I'm saying, I know from my perspective is here, is let's start off with your most conservative piece. Let's push it out of the House to the Senate. Then make them have to pass it. And then you negotiate to keep as much as you possibly can. And then you move on to the next fight. That's you know, the fight that needs to happen. Very good. I am frustrated right now. Let's face it. We should have had a much bigger majority. We should have yes. won big in November of 22. And too many people who got, I don't know, they just got very content and they stayed home for some reason. I don't understand it. But uh, anyway, gentlemen, you're the best, both of you. Rick Santorum and Doug Collins to be continued. And we'll be right back. Thanks, Greg. Meanwhile, this phony trial of President Trump, the fraud trial, the one of the most successful businessmen in the world. This is video of him in court yesterday. Uh, he was in court again today. And uh, I think this is the prosecutor's worst nightmare. He's live uh, truthing every step of the way, critiquing the judge, the prosecutors, the whole damn ludicrous case and good for him. I guess you're not supposed to do that as a client. He's doing it, and it's glorious, in my opinion. Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney, joins us once again for the District of Columbia. Joe, I just love the defiant, uh, the defiance that he's doing this, and it's one thing I bet they weren't counting on. What's your sense overall of this trial? Well, it's kind of difficult to tell. Uh, obviously, we had that ruling from the Court of Appeals that said that the statute of limitations was throwing out about 80 percent of the case. We haven't heard anything more from the judge about that or the lawyers in the case, but it's going to have a profound effect. Uh, I think Trump's uh, doing what he does about commenting on the trial is fine. I think the comments he made about the judge's law clerk were kind of a big mistake, and, and the judge got very upset about it. Uh, and I think that's something the president should stay away from. I would advise him to do that, although he generally doesn't listen to his lawyers. But I think his commenting about the trial and the evidence is fine. Uh, it's informing the public and letting them know uh, just how bad this case is. This really is a horrendous case uh, and, and really carries on this awful, awful series of uh, legal cases against the president, which are ill-founded unprofessional and unethical, in my opinion, in many ways. You know, everybody goes after the president. I noticed this as a kid. All day long, the media attacked the president, and uh, now they're attacking my favorite president. Everything you say <laughs> makes sense. I'm totally okay with the, the tweets, even about the clerk. No one's pointing out that the clerk for the judge was working for Chuck Schumer. How is this not wildly inappropriate? And uh, is there any chance you think this thing could be thrown out is there even that mechanism at this point this judge looks like seriously a crazy person he even dresses like a crazy person he looks he even said that he his family calls him bozo because he looks like bozo with the hair and he does is there any well, mechanism he, for this thing to be cut off no no there there is none i i think what's very clear is he's a self-absorbed individual who's in love with publicity uh that shot the other day when he brought the cameras in took his glasses off, smiled for the uh, people. And uh, I mean, he's just an embarrassment. Uh, and, and this case shouldn't even be in his court. It should be in a, a, a part of the New York State Supreme Court yeah. that handles complex 
civil matters, but it wasn't allowed to go there, and he got to keep it. And he really is an embarrassment. And what I, what I find fascinating is that nobody in the bar of New York and none of the editorialist writers think there's anything wrong it's amazing. with the, the judges in New York City. It's crazy. <laughs> the legal profession. I know. It's supposed to be on the level. It's not. You are. Joe DeGeneva, so appreciate your insight. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We'll be right back with continuing coverage of this historic day. From Friday night football to the county fair, from picnics in the park to hometown parades, from big cities to small towns, we are proud to serve our communities. Last year, we volunteered 19,000 hours and donated $5 million to local charities. Because lending a hand to a neighbor and investing in the people and places around us is the right thing to do. We are Park National Bank, and we are proud to serve you. Member FDIC.